1: Leaders, Coronavirus, and Terrorism. How safe are we? Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, a psychiatrist, and your terrorist therapist. Today we're going to be looking at various leaders' opinions about terrorism and coronavirus and how the two go together, and how it determines just how safe we are. We're going to look at four presidents Bush, Obama, Trump, and Biden, and one Pope and one Iranian cleric. So this is going to be from the sublime to the ridiculous, and you can decide which is which. All right, let's start with Obama. Well, actually, we're starting with Bush. We're going in chronological order and starting with Bush. Um, Right before Obama's inauguration, Bush's national security team warned him that there was a credible intelligence threat about a planned attack on the inauguration by radical islamist somali terrorists now of course this was in 2009 so it was very close to 9 uh, 11 and um you know there was more concern then um than there is now although certainly terrorists have not gone away so what they did was um, uh, the the people in the Obama um, on Obama's team um, said that they can't get the speechwriters in on this. Uh, they wanted to warn. They warned Obama, and they wanted to give him something to say should, in fact, there be this attack on his inauguration. So they didn't want to tell the speech writers because that would, you know, certainly get to the media and everybody would freak out. So they had someone on his team meet him right before the ceremony and give him a note, a speech that he should read if in case it does, the inauguration does get attacked. And he put it in his pocket. As it turned out, the threat was a false alarm. But Obama wrote in his memoir I was relieved that the note to be used in case of a terrorist incident had stayed in my breast pocket. Now, it's kind of ironic that this happened uh, in regard to Obama's inauguration because Obama, as you'll be hearing, um, was really the worst president when it came to protecting us from terrorists. Now, all inaugurations are theoretically high value targets for attack, especially after 9-11. And um, in Biden's case, uh, there was, (laughs) he put up probably more security, I shouldn't say probably, there was was, and still is, there was more security, uh, a fortress around the inauguration, because he was concerned about terrorists, but he wasn't talking about radical Islamists, he was talking about right wing extremists who attacked the Capitol. Now, um, uh, you know, according to Biden, Biden, well, Biden's presidency is going to be terrorists first, not America first, terrorists first. Um, it was very dangerous that Biden uh, has put this um, lack of attention on radical Islamist terrorists uh, and is in fact working on more and more, um, he and his team, Biden and Obama, anytime I say Biden, I am usually talking about Biden and Obama. Biden is the puppet for Obama. And as I just said, Obama was the worst president in terms of terrorists. So that's why now Biden is taking over, is following his lead. So first of all, um, you know, this is getting to be, uh, and I'm not going to talk about it that much today because there, I'm sure I will be talking about this in the future as this grows. But he is, cons- you know, ignoring radical Islamist terrorists and just looking at its ex- right wing extremist groups. And he has extended the definition to not just be right wing extremist groups, but all conservatives, or at least all Trump supporters. He's calling all of them terrorists. And you watch, there are going to be more and more policies made uh, in regard to, against anybody who isn't a Biden fan uh, and who was a Trump supporter. Um, It's also dangerous that he's ignoring radical Islamists because we mustn't forget that they are still planning to attack us, as I have talked about in many previous podcasts and will again. There's especially a danger um, as coronavirus, the danger of coronavirus decreases and we are allowed to go back into the streets and into concert halls and things like that. That's when we're going to be seeing that, in fact, the terrorists have not forgotten about us, even though we have forgotten about them um, because we are, are we have been so preoccupied with coronavirus and politics, the election, the inauguration, the um, the, um, uh, <laughs> you know, it made me so mad, I'm I'm forgetting the word, but we what we just had in, in, uh, in Congress, um, the impeachment, the second impeachment trial against Trump. Uh, fortunately, he was acquitted, as he deserved both times. Uh, but that is an example of what I was just mentioning, you know, this is all part of the same thing. Um, trying to, you know, trying, claiming that, Claim that, claiming that President Trump, um, that all his followers, that all the people who uh, stormed the Capitol were terrorists, not radical Islamist terrorists, but um, Trump's terrorists, and um, and you know, the insurrection, or as um, one, um, Charles Schumer called it, the erection which uh, Freud would love to um, interpret. I mean, that's a Freudian slip. Really, it has to do with, uh, with Schumer feeling as though Trump was more of a man than he was uh, and being jealous of that. Now, um, there has been, so I have always said since, actually since Obama was in office, I have long talked about how he was the worst president in regard to terrorism. There are many things that he did that allowed terrorists to gain strength. And um, and now there's a Gallup poll that proves that I was right. <laughs> uh, the Gallup poll sh- just showed that Americans say Trump was better on terrorism than Obama. Now they took a poll just recently, but they had also taken a poll um, right after Obama and Bush uh, in the final days of their terms, so this these statistics for Obama and Bush come from the final days of their terms, whereas the current um, Gallup poll was just done. So you know you can say the the final days of Trump's term. Um, now, what why was Obama Obama uh, the worst president in terms of? Um, of terrorism. I mean, there are a lot of different examples of things that he did, but I'm talking about what unconsciously, psychologically made him so bad. Now, this is very controversial. I have talked about this before, but I acknowledge that it's controversial, but still um, Obama has, now, first of all, not all Muslims are terrorists and not all terrorists are Muslims, but Obama definitely, as much as he tried to deny it during his campaign, he definitely has um had muslim roots and is radical muslim roots uh his stepfather was muslim and he they lived in indonesia from 1967 to 1971 when obama was 6 to 10 years old and um he was sent to a um a, a muslim madrasa now um in fact, you know, there's a, a, there are questions about what a madrasa is and is it just an interpretation of, you know, is it really radical Islamist and so on? But the Congressional Research Service says that a madrasa is an Islamic religious school and a breeding ground for terrorists. That's the Congressional Research Service. So I'll, I'll go along with them. Um, and Obama said in his, uh, uh, his autobiography, that when he was in Indonesia, he spent two years in a Catholic school and two years, he describes it as two years in a Muslim school, but it really was a madrasa. Uh, he's kind of trying to downplay the radical Islamist element to that school. All right, so unconsciously, you know, the, the age of six to 10, that is when a lot of our opinions are, are formed when we're children, what we experience are much, is much more firmly rooted in our psyche than things that come later. So, all right. Um, And I'm not gonna go into all the things that President Trump did against terrorism. You surely know about him um, destroying the caliphate and killing uh, terrorist leaders and so on. And so I I don't need to go through all of that today. So in this survey, the news is that in this survey, 44% of those surveyed said that, Under Trump, the U.S. made progress in combating Trump, in in combating terrorism. 35% said the country had lost ground and 20% said it stood still. Now, this 20% is the same for Obama and Bush, the people who say that the country stayed still in terms of progress towards combating terrorism. But remember, 44% said that Trump uh, made progress in combating terrorism, as compared with 28% of Americans who said that Obama made progress fighting terrorism, and um, 49% who said that the U.S. lost ground with Obama. So the majority, the big majority for Obama said that um, we lost ground, which indeed we did. Now, with Bush, um, 40% said we made progress on terrorism, and 37% said that he lost ground. Um, you know, he, I mean, he, that was, that was, he, he was, his office was closer to 9 11, his time in office. Um, and he did a fair, you know, 40% um, and and versus 37%. I mean, you know, certainly that's a lot better than Obama, but Trump did better even still. Okay, when we come back, we're gonna talk about um, Biden and the latest attack. (laughs) Well, how do I, the latest example of his putting terrorists first.
0: You've been listening to The Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carroll. Stay tuned and she'll be right back with more analysis of this week's hottest topic in terror. Now back to The Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carol.
1: Welcome back to the Terrorist Therapist Show, where we're talking today about leaders, coronavirus, and terrorism. How safe are we? We uh, have been talking about Bush and Obama and Trump and Biden, and we're going to be talking about the Pope and an Iranian cleric. Those two are leaders as well. You don't have you don't just have to be the president of the United States. So, it's these six leaders, and just how safe are we? So. I'm going to be talking now in this segment about uh, another, the latest, actually, example of Biden putting terrorists first. Now, in my last um, podcast, I talked about uh, the horrendous idea of Biden (laughs) um, to give the COVID vaccine to terrorists in Guantanamo Bay before all the Americans who wanted vaccines got them. He was gonna do that. That was, it wasn't just an idea or a plan. It was all set to go. In fact, before uh, it was set to go before I I did the the show. And the only reason why it didn't happen yet, hasn't happened yet, is because there was an outcry. And people were outraged that um, terrorists, (laughs) radical Islamist terrorists, would get vaccines before Americans who are clamoring for these vaccines. Not, I'm not saying all that vac- all Americans are clamoring for the vaccine, but there are lots of people um, who haven't been able to get it who want to get it. And um, the idea that terrorists, people who want to destroy America, would get it first was was really unbelievable, actually. But he tried to uh, to get away with that, and. Um, and it, it it barely missed happening, but there were people who, uh, especially people who were sort of the heroes of nine eleven, who put up a big fight. And the Pentagon put it on pause. Now I'm, I'm, I want you to remember that it is not the idea has not been abolished; it is just on pause. All right. So what does he do next? <laughs> um. You know, I'll show you, he said. Uh, You don't want me to give um, the COVID vaccine to the terrorists in Guantanamo Bay? Okay, then I will close Guantanamo Bay. I mean, can you believe, I mean, really, (laughs) I don't know why, um, I mean, you know, as the terrorist therapist, I am particularly offended by things that Biden is doing in regard to not protecting us from terrorism. But really, uh, most of his, pretty much all of his, Uh, executive orders and things that he has been doing so far have made America more dangerous in general, more vulnerable in general to between coronavirus and terrorists and just just immigration, illegal immigration. I mean, it's one thing after another. So, okay, so he had been thinking about closing Guantanamo Bay. I think I might have mentioned that in my last podcast, but now he has moved it further. Um, he has launched a formal review, uh, asking certain organizations, security organizations, and um, various people—various not pe- pe- well people and organ- organizations within the government—to review the possibility of closing Guantanamo Bay, the infamous military prison in um, at the U.S. base at Guantanamo Bay in Cuba, and um, he. He's uh, having the review, but he is planning, he would like to take action to close it within weeks. I mean, this guy is not, well, this guy, again, it's Obama, really. Obama is not waiting. Obama had wanted to close Guantanamo Bay. In fact, he had promised that he was going to do that in his campaign to become president. And then when he was president, he got so much pushback that it never happened um but but he's so he is now having biden carry out the rest of what he wanted to do in terms of uh putting terrorists first so there are just 40 prisoners there left but it includes the mastermind of 9-11 Khalid Sheikh Mohammed and he is still awaiting trial so I don't know what would happen with him if uh if Biden closed Guantan- Guantanamo Bay, he might be headed to a prison near you, or might just be released. I mean, you know, <laughs> um, eh, just let him go home, right? I'm, I'm, I'm not suggesting that that's a good idea. I'm saying that that's the Obama uh, Biden uh, White House who could be thinking that. Um, so now, um, he. Um, Now, why should we care about Guantanamo Bay? Well, I mean, you know, there are only 40 prisoners left. Uh, It's far away. Uh, It's rarely in the news these days, except for when they try to give COVID injections to them, vaccines. But why should we care? It's because it's symbolic of America's fight against terrorism and of how America is protecting itself, a commitment to protect us from terrorists. Also, there are these trials that are supposed to be coming up. And as I mentioned in the uh, previous podcast, you know, the terrorists who have been released, uh, a significant percentage of them went on to commit terrorist acts. So we should not just um, release them or send them to a prison t- nearest Jew. Um, now, you know, Biden has a better chance of getting the closure through um, than Obama did because of these reasons that I just mentioned, because it's less, you know, it's far further away from 9-11 and so on. Um, Now what's really, you have to watch this man, uh, Biden's appointee, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin. He is on the Obama path. He, he, you know, was a Biden, technically a Biden appointee, but um, there is no question that he, that Obama suggested him. Um, so he also, the Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, is also on board for closing uh, Guantanamo Bay. And he said so in his written testimony for his Senate confirmation. He said, Guantanamo has provided us the capability to conduct law of war detention in order to keep our enemies off the battlefield. But I believe it is time for the detention facility at Guantanamo to close. Now Trump kept it open. Uh, He only allowed the release of one prisoner who was a Saudi who had admitted being part of Al Qaeda and who had been cleared for release by the Obama administration already. So the most high profile prisoner remaining is Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, uh, the mastermind of 9-11. So he is rather significant. Um, Now, at one time there were almost 800 prisoners there. Um, And under President Bush, Bush called it a propaganda tool um, for our enemies. President Bush wasn't a big fan of it, uh, but he, he had no, you know, he did not do anything to close it. And um, under Bush, the US began efforts to prosecute some of the prisoners for war crimes in special tribunals that were called military commissions. So, um, so he, you know, he used it um, uh, in the fight against terrorists terrorism um, so now the question is going to be is Obama, is biden going to um, be able to pass this plan <laughs> well wait watch he could make an you know this could all just be a, a political theater to make it look like he is you know, asking, making a plan and getting input on it when really all along he plans to just um, do another executive order to close it. Now, as I said, Obama had vowed to close it, but um, he ran into fierce political opposition and uh, he had plans, his plan was to close it and to prosecute and imprison men in the U.S., you know, in prisons in the U.S., and then return others to their homeland. But people in Congress were saying that that would be too much of a security threat. So he was never never able to actually get it through. And to some degree, this opposition remains. Um, one uh, Republican Senator, John Cornyn, um, he's a, from Texas, He has uh, voiced uh, objection to closing it, and he says the Democrats' obsession with bringing terrorists into American backyards is bizarre, misguided, and dangerous. And so he's saying, uh, just like with President Obama, Republicans will fight it tooth and nail. So Obama had tried to say, tried to give the excuse to close it by saying that keeping it open was not just bad policy, but a waste of money. He said it cost more than $445 million per year in 2016. And uh, he repatriated 197 of these terrorists. He sent them back to their countries. And that's why now (laughs) there are only 41. Um, so there are supposed to be trials um, for these people remaining. Uh, there are 10 who face trials by military commission. Um, and and these trials have been bogged down um, through the years for, in pre-trial proceedings for years, which was, as you might remember, if you listen to the um, of the show on vaccines going to Guantanamo, uh, that that was the excuse, that was one of the excuses being used as to why the vaccine should go there so that the trials could proceed. Well, when we come back, we'll talk about two other kinds of leaders besides presidents, um, an Iranian cleric and the Pope. So stay tuned.
0: You've been listening to The Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carroll. Stay tuned and she'll be right back with more analysis of this week's hottest topic in terror. Now back to The Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carol.
1: Welcome back to the Terrorist Therapist Show, where we're talking today about leaders, various leaders uh, and coronavirus and terrorism. How safe are we? I wonder, are you getting a little nervous already? Or am I talking about uh, Biden who puts terrorists first? You know, why am I talking about this? Because because. um because I want you to be aware of what is happening so that, I mean, if if people weren't aware and didn't speak up, um, for example, the vaccines uh, would have gone to the terrorists in Guantanamo instead of to 40 Americans who wanted it. And even though 40 may not seem like a lot, it is the symbolism. It is the idea of this happening. Terrorists who are still out to destroy us getting it before Americans who want it. So we've been talking about, President Bush, Obama, Trump, and Biden. And now we're going to talk about two other kinds of leaders. First, we'll talk about an Iranian cleric. This story, this is, you know, I said at the beginning, so you could figure out for yourself um, which one, you know, this is from the sublime to the ridiculous. And um, (laughs) you might want to keep that in mind when I tell you about this. An Iranian cleric named Ayatollah Abbas Tabrizian, Um, told uh, his followers that the coronavirus vaccine makes you gay. Did you know that? (laughs) It's not true. (laughs) Just in case, no, it is not true. The coronavirus vaccine does not make you gay. And even if it did, I mean, there is nothing wrong with being gay, but it doesn't. But this is what this cleric told his 210,000 followers on his Telegram account. Now, uh, to put this in perspective, as you know, uh, Iran is the world's most dangerous sponsor of terrorism. And um, this cleric told people, told his followers, that uh, not to approach people who have been vaccinated for COVID because they would be homosexuals. And of course, you know, he doesn't want his people going near homosexuals. In fact, he said, quote, Don't go near those who have had the COVID vaccine. They have become homosexuals. Uh, Now, Iran, interestingly enough, um, they they are the country that has the most number of deaths in the Middle East from COVID, over 58,000 deaths. Now they have refused vaccines from the US and from the UK because they are very much against Western medicine. And they just started bringing in vaccines from Russia. Um, Now, this cleric has a history of making rants, warning people about the evils of Western medicine. For example, last year, um, he, he released a video of himself setting a fire to the text Harrison's Manual of Medicine. Now, that medicine, that medicine, that textbook, uh, is the classic textbook of medicine. I mean, when I went to medical school, um, we use that, uh, as well as I went to medical school in Belgium and it was in French. And I don't remember Harrison's being in French. I mean, it probably was, uh, has been in, translated into French. I was using the, the English one, but certainly that was, that was considered the classic, um, in many places besides America. So he, this cleric showed himself on a video setting fire to Harrison's manual of medicine, which was symbolic of how, um, you know, all Western medicine is evil. And he's called the father of Islamic medicine. And um, he says that Islamic medicine renders uh, such, you know, textbooks and uh, journals irrelevant. And he blames, um, just like most other Iranian clerics, they blame most of society's shortcomings on sexuality. Now, one Iranian dissident said, actually, his goal of spreading nonsense is to try to scare people out of getting vac- vaccinated. While the leader of the regime and other officials get got Pfizer, the leaders of, of Iran got Pfizer vaccines and they don't provide it for the people with the excuse that they don't trust the West. So we have hypocrites in Iran, just like we do in America, You know, hypocrites in terms of coronavirus like uh, Cuomo and like uh, California's Governor Newsom. So this cleric also, or, or no, I'm sorry, um, also the, an LGBTQ activist, said about the cleric, uh, Ayatollah Tabrizian combines scientific ignorance with a crude appeal to homophobia. He's demonizing both the vaccination program and LGBT plus people without a shred of evidence. By, trying, by seeking to scare the public into not getting vaccinated against COVID-19, he's fueling the pandemic and putting lives at risk. Typical of many Iranian religious and political leaders, his bizarre, irrational claims scapegoat LGBTs and put theological prejudice before scientific knowledge. Now, Iran um, has executed between four thousand to six thousand homosexual men and women since the Iranian Revolution in 1979, and that is a disgusting. Um, an outrageous uh, number. Okay, now we get to the Pope. (laughs) Let's have some inspiration from the Pope. (laughs) The Pope Francis condemns growing evil of global terrorism. Now, the Pope at least, maybe Biden doesn't realize how dangerous radical Islamists are, but the Pope does. (laughs) There's hope with the Pope. he, has, he just gave a speech where he denounced terrorism as a, quote, serious scourge of our time, unquote. Um, he said, every year, terrorism kills numerous victims among de- defenseless civilians throughout the world. And of course, he is particularly concerned about this in terms of the terrorists destroying churches and so on. Um, he says... Tragically, the number of terrorist attacks has intensified in the last 20 years, affecting various countries on every continent. My thoughts turn to all the victims and their families who have lost their loved ones to blind violence, motivated by ideological distortions of religion. For that matter, the targets of these attacks are often precisely places of worship where believers are gathered in prayer. France is a great example. Um, I mean, it's been all over, the churches have been attacked um, and of course, and synagogues as well, but, um, you know, but in, in France, it's been a, an epidemic, including um, the church in Paris, Notre Dame. Um, now I know that that's controversial, but I have always said, And I still say that the uh, attack on Notre Dame was a terrorist attack, it wasn't just an accident. So the Pope continued uh, saying, in this regard, I would like to stress that the protection of places of worship is a direct consequence of the defense of freedom of thought, conscience, and religion, and is a duty incumbent upon the civil authorities regardless of their political persuasion or religious affiliation, which is interesting that he just gave this um, speech recently because he might well have been directing it towards Biden. Um, now, the World Watch list of 2021 that was released, that was just recently released by Open Doors, Islamic extremism is the primary driver of Christian persecution in many countries around the world, including Libya, Pakistan, Yemen, Iran, Nigeria, Iraq, Syria, Sudan, Saudi Arabia, and many others. Now this watch list um, said of the 50 countries where Christian persecution is highest, of 50, 35 have a Muslim majority. The list names Islamic oppression as the principal driver of persecution in more than half of the top 50 countries. Uh, it also says that extreme persecution suffered by Christians in 10 of the 12 worst nations comes from Islamic oppression or is occurring in Muslim majority nations. Now, I, I am not saying that the uh, Pope is saying, in fact, he, he doesn't say that it is just Muslim the Muslims religion. He, like he has said, Muslim terrorism does not exist, but he acknowledges that the uh, religion has been hijacked by extremists who um, are trying to um, gather to um, to gather people to become terrorists and to attack the West. So now you have heard where um, four presidents and an Iranian cleric and the Pope (laughs) stand on terrorism and coronavirus and ask yourself, how safe are we? Thank you for listening to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, your terrorist therapist.